Det här är ett poddradioprogram från Studentradion 98,9. Alla våra program hittar du på studentradion.com eller i vår mobilapplikation Studentradion 98,9. Av upphovsrättsliga skäl är musiken förkortad. Det är så många All right. Hello and welcome to Radio UF. And today we're going to talk about plastic. So why do we want to talk about plastic? Plastic, plastic is extremely central to our existence and our modern world, uh, from the food we eat to the wires that power our electrical appliances. Plastic is in everything, including our bodies and our uh, blood systems. Yet we tend to not acknowledge it, since it's such an obvious part of our lives. And that is why we should... Uh, uh, We should examine it, I think. In 2015, we produced approximately 45 kilos of plastic per person on the planet, which is insane. Um, so what often comes to mind when thinking about plastic is pollution, and it's, all, it's almost always focused on um, solutions and how we can recycle to fix that. But things are slightly more complex. We don't want to sound bitter and alarmist, but there are a lot of issues associated with recycling, including carbon dioxide uh, that, crea- that is created by such, such at- activities. And uh, that's uh, is why recycling comes last in the, yeah, in the reuse, reduce and recycle mantra. Uh, but anyway, my name is Melker and I am here as host today. And I have three people with me in the studio. Joined here by Isak Johansson, a politician student yeah. running his first year. And hi, my name is Melina Froidieu and I'm from France. Yes, and my name is Amanda Boulan and uh, yeah, also study political science. Wonderful. And we'll be right back and we're going to give you a bit of historical background to plastic and how we got here. You are listening to Student Radio 98,9 Radio UF. You just heard Control by Mannequin Pussy. And we are here today discussing plastic, but we need to know what plastic is. So for that, I let you take the wheel, Isak. Yes. So then it obviously comes into understanding what is plastic in its in our current daily lives. And to look back, the first uh, form classified as plastic came into existence in the or were produced in the 1907, called bakelite, which Uh, was named this because of its malleability as a substance from originally a Greek word. But then, uh, as things developed, most of the, a lot of the common plastic forms we see today, uh, plastic rather, can be divided into seven categories, of whom one is else. Uh, but the most common ones we see today is polyethylene as well as polypropylene. Uh, which came into existence at the end of the 19th century, but began production mostly around the World War. Polyethylene, we most commonly recognize, I'm expecting, in the polyethylene 
Trefalane. Oh. I can't really say that, say that I recognize these words, but yeah. yeah go or on. P-E-T, pet. Yeah, yeah. Being the bottles we most commonly drink out of, especially for Coca-Cola, for example. Yeah. But this also comes in the forms of our common food containers, which either for the ones we use in microwaves or polypropylene because of its heat resistance or polyethylene uh, being by far the most common one produced in two different forms, either a high density or low density variant. What's interesting to see is since the inception of plastic in the around the 1940s and 50s, production has uh, doubled ten, seven times over in these last seven decades with continuous with last or 2019 producing a grand total of 368 million tons of plastic worldwide uh, but since we're also going to discuss specifically plastic bags coming up it came into existence especially the one-use bag in the 1960s, developed by Stefan Gustav Tallinn here in Sweden. And the big revolution with his plastic design was a one-piece plastic bag, as the prior plastic bags had to have handles stitched into them, whereas his design could just be cut from a roll of solid plastic. Mm. And then one more form that's very common to see. It's poly, polyvinyl chloride, chloride, polyvinyl chloride uh, which is uh, inflexible plastic commonly used for, uh, for example, pla- pipes and pipelines, uh, which is generally, as with most of these plastic, there are generally, they're susceptible to ultraviolet light which cause them to break down so exposing them to the sun is not a good idea that's why for example the pet or the polyethylene which we commonly see in uh, apart from the plastic bottles insulation for either our cables we have for headsets and different wires in our day-to-day lives as well as underground for our giant networks of electric cables around our different countries. All right, so we have a basic. We know that plastic is basically everywhere and we are going to continue on this track with more plastic in just a couple of seconds. The artist's name was Tamarabi and you just heard our song Brown Angel. And uh, we've talked about plastic, and we usually call the post-war period the plastic age. And from living with plastic, it appears that we are now fighting against plastic. Isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. From the plastic age to the plastic war. Yeah. No, it's quite funny or ironic, perhaps, because the once prayed revolutionary, cheap, resistant, super convenient invention has now become the new scourge. Plastic is not sexy anymore. It indeed conveys an image of low quality and is often associated with pollution and impurity in the collective imaginary. Fantastic plastic has had its day. Real hipsters are now all 
carrying artsy metal bottles. Mm-hmm. Having said yeah. that, <laughs> having said that, plastic very much <laughs> remains part of our daily lives, and it would be a lie to say that we can we can live without it. From heavy industry to new technology to weekly grocery, the controversial mater- material is basically everywhere. And I would like to tell you a little more about a place where plastic's omnipresence particularly shocked me. And that place, believe it or not, is Japan, where I lived for six months. When I arrived in Tokyo, I was indeed very surprised by the amount of plastic packaging that was used. All the more so as I imagined the land of the rising sun as a futuristic nation, very advanced when it came to environmental issues. And I have to say that it was not exactly the case. I indeed discovered that Japan was the second largest consumer of disposable plastics in the world after the US, according to a 2018 report by the UN Environment Programme. All right, but how did that manifest in daily life? Well, the difference uh, with Sweden or France was per particularly striking in supermarkets. Many fruits and vegetables would be wrapped in individually. And if you got snacks like rice quacker, rice crackers, they would come in a big package. Yet, once you open that package, you would discover that each cracker would actually nicely yet separately be wrapped once again. And the story did not stop there. Once you arrived at the cashier, you would have to quickly pronounce that magical sentence, Fukuro wa kekko Otherwise, staff would already have started putting your things in different plastic bags. One for the rice, one for the fish, but two different kinds of fishes would go to their respective white envelopes. No cross-contamination, guys. And the nightmare continued even after the cashier desks. Behind, you indeed had small tables, which I called landing stations, where people would carefully pack up their stuff or rearrange the bags, occasionally wrapping a solid box in an additional layer of plastic. And another big responsible uh, for Japan's tremendous plastic consumption was the myriad of jido hanbaiki, also known as vending machines. In major cities, you can find those literally at every corner. They are uh, little colorful refrigerators lit up at night in which you can get cold drinks for a few hundred yen. Those are great allies to combat Tokyo's suffocating summer, but they do discourage you from reusing the same water bottle. Because, yeah, um, what if you were feeling like having jasmine tea or oolong cha that time? Oh, well, first world problems, but problems, <laughs> problems nonetheless. <laughs> Even though Japanese society is pretty good at recycling, recycling facilities could not manage to absorb all plastic waste anymore. And that's why Japan was exporting part of its waste to China. But then the latter banned that practice in 2017, and Japan had to turn to other countries, such as Indonesia or Vietnam, who were suspected of lacking the capacities to dispose of plastic properly. And they may also have less strict rules towards illegal dumping. And yeah, refuse is collected in the surrounding oceans. According to the Stockholm Environment Institute, 80% of the world's marine plastic pollution actually comes from the Asian region. However, there is still hope. In 2020, the Japanese government introduced a law to reduce single-use plastic weight. So that means that all retail outlets are now required to charge a fee for plastic shopping bags. And there 
also is a long tradition in Japanese culture to beautifully wrap things and gifts, especially in very nicely decorated pieces of cloth called tenugui. And that traditional wrapping method is called uh, furoshiki, and it seems to experience a resurgence due to the growth of environmental friendly movements. Yeah, and uh, good that you mentioned political responses because we will talk about that in just a second. That was Natalie Bergman, Home at Last, and you are listening to Student Radio 98.9. We are talking about the politics of plastic and uh, what is being done to reduce our plastic consumption. Yes, because it's interesting, as uh, Melina just talked about, you know, how uh, plastic has become sort of you know, something we have to fight against, have a war against uh, almost. And, you know, this has led to governments all over the world. They have been implementing bans or taxes or other restrictions on plastic to minimize its use. But then it really made me think how this works in practice and how it will work in the future considering that we are almost addicted <laughs> to the use of it, yeah. in a sense. We are. Yeah, mm. um, and I think my first, what should I say, extreme um, meeting with a plastic ban was uh, when I went to Kenya in 2017, and they had just implemented a ban, like complete ban on plastic bags. And when I applied for my visa, it's clearly said that if you bring any plastic bags into the country you can risk getting a fine up to $40,000 or even be imprisoned. So yeah, no, I can definitely assure you that I did not bring any plastic bags (laughs) into the country. So I mean, in that sense, it's quite um, efficient. But I would, however, say that, you know, even though they didn't use plastic bags. They definitely also had a lot of other plastic, especially bottles and other containers that you could see in the streets, etc. So, yeah, no, it's definitely just interesting to see that. I mean, it definitely worked with plastic bags in particular, but not necessarily with other types of plastic. And if we sort of shift the focus over to the EU, they have also gone for this ban solution as they have decided to not ban plastic bags in particular, but all like single-use plastics. And by July this year, actually, all the member states will have to implement this into their national legislations. And the ban includes products such as uh, single-use plates, straws and cutlery made of plastic and well, at least I have observed, I don't know if this is an initiative for the companies themselves. I imagine it has to do with the EU ban that they've already started outsourcing its use and finding alternatives to straws, for instance. So yeah, I, it seems like we're really going in a anti-plastic direction. And to just zoom a bit more in on Sweden, they of course have to stick to the EU regulations that are coming, but... They also decided last year to implement a tax on plastic bags. And this works in the way that it mainly targets the plastic bags that you get, like the shopping bags in particular that you get by the cashier. So, yeah, no, I'm just interested to hear, since we are in Sweden, (laughs) if this tax has affected you in any way, if you feel like it 
has actually made you use less plastic bags or I don't think it's the tax, more like a general consciousness. Um, but it's not deterring. I think it's a bit annoying because it's like six kroner instead of two kroner. But mm. uh, what do you all think? Yeah, I remember when I lived up in Lulu, I used to forget to bring my big paper bag when I was shopping. So I would always use the single-use free ones at the end of the cashier, which I I used to feel bad about. Now I don't need to feel bad about them because they don't exist so I can't forget <laughs> which is nice but I remember specifically when I shopped at an electronics store once or back in the day I used to go there a lot so I would have tons of those plastic bags they just handed me when I went there but last I was there uh, they charged you like one krona for it and then I was like yeah maybe I don't want those bags anymore <laughs> That's interesting because for me I don't think it has changed much, but also because I wasn't using that many plastic bags before. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I mean, it humble seems... brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it seems to me that um, I don't know. In order to like really see effects of that measure, the pr the price should be like much more increased because like from two kroners to six. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that would be a big incentive for people to reduce their use of plastic. It seems still yeah. like very symbolic. Yeah, it's like half a dollar. So it's not like super yeah, expensive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. As well as when you buy the single use bags in like 30 packs in the store, they're not more expensive than... Yeah. Oh, there is still cheap in contrast. Yeah. So you can still use... Yeah, and last question before we go to commercial break. Do you think there is a smuggling industry for bags in Kenya? <laughs> You <laughs> can think about that during the yes, break I and will. we'll be right back after that. Putting you on the spot. That was My Name Next to Yours by Sai and you are listening to Radio UF at Student Radio 98.9. And I've been thinking about more about plastic and I tried to live without plastic for a week or at least I wanted to. But then I realized that about 95% of food at the supermarket comes in plastic containers and that it would exclude me from using any sort of electrical appliances with wires. Um, so I thought about it and decided not to. <laughs> This seems to be a trend of sorts. Uh, if you want to cut out plastic from your life, you need to start making your own hair conditioner, your own toothpaste and yeah, all of those sorts of stuff. Uh, so the road to a life without plastic is not easy and it's not time-saving. Here's a fun uh, little bit of listener interaction. You, the person listening to this right now, if you are at home or at the supermarket, just look around the aisles or in your fridge and try to find a product that does not have plastic in them. And then ask yourself, what could I eat here that didn't contain or use any plastic? Or for example, where could you find toothpaste that doesn't come in a plastic tube? Because packaging makes up to about 40% of the total amount of plastic waste. And it's evidently hard not to use it. And furthermore, things like clothes made of materials like polyester, nylon, acrylic or polyamide are particularly uh, a particular sort of plastic that releases uh, both microplastics and microfibers when washed. And there isn't really any effective ways to clear this up from water sources. And this has led to situations like the one we see in the, in the best state of the United States, Pennsylvania. Uh, go Eagles! <laughs> 
And the environmental advocacy group, Penn Environment, just uh, did a survey uh, regarding the waterways, all the rivers in the state, basically. And over 300 water samples for 53 waterways, they all found microplastics, these small, small parts of plastic, because plastics, they don't break down. They just become smaller and smaller and smaller. And so they found that the average Pennsylvanian consume about a credit card worth of plastic every single week. That is pretty bad. You mean eats, like absorbs? Uh, yeah, through drinking and using the water and stuff. Wow. Yep. And we also have oceanic pollution, like the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, also mm-hmm. described as the Pacific Trash Vortex, which sounds like a band you'd hear here on Student Radio 98. And... Yeah, it consists of plastic the size of a fingernail or smaller that fish have begun eating and the birds have begun eating as well. And this will surely travel up the food food chain and affect us in the long term. And I'm sure that you can find over hundreds of uh, different plastic products around you uh, that you are more or less dependent on. So what can we do about it? Uh, Prevention is crucial, of course, Uh, yet we don't have a lot of alternatives. We can buy recycled products, and that is good, but we still consume them. And if we buy recycled plastic clothing, we still buy a lot of clothing, and that's bad, both for plastic consumption and the environment. But like for cosmetics, there are natural shampoos in, uh, for example, soap bars. There are more natural options. For cooking, you can use glass or pottery. Uh, If you don't want to use plastic, there's this bee wax covered cloth. I haven't tried it myself, but uh, I think that would really cut down on plastic usage. But electronic products, it's a bit difficult, but I guess you don't buy a computer every time you're out shopping. So I don't think that's a huge deal that we can't find good alternatives there. But still. But that also goes to show how even if we don't buy a computer every time we go out shopping, it's still important to think of using our computers for longer periods of times. Because exactly. every time we buy a new computer, a new phone, a new car especially, yeah. you add to the pollution. Yeah, and it's societal because like, imagine if we would replace every single Coca-Cola two-liter bottle with a mm. plastic, or I mean with a glass or aluminum one. It would disrupt the entire delivery chain. And uh, yeah, it isn't cheap to stop using plastic. So that's why I think the solutions might be on the regulatory level or related to political moves and things like that. And I think that's an interesting subject to talk a little bit more about. And we will do that in just a couple of minutes. Sex is good, but have you tried? Is the name of the song. And uh, it was made by Donna Missal. And you're listening to Stan Tradion. And we are talking about plastic and reducing plastic as well. And we we see quite a lot of obstacles towards it, don't we? Um, it can be really hard, and maybe it's limited to a certain amount of people. Yeah, no, uh, it just has made me thinking, because, for instance, I have, um, uh, at least when I go on holiday, I've started using these um, sort of plastic-free shampoos. They're um, firm, so they're not um, liquid, it's just like a soap bar, and then they have this metal container from uh, Lush, but they're also super expensive. I think it, I don't know, it's like 150 kroners for like mm-hmm. a shampoo bar. Uh, so then, you know, it has also really made me think about, you know, 
the plastic free alternatives is really also a question of you know socioeconomic background and how much money you actually have available to spend on these alternatives so yeah 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 absolutely and not only money but time as Malcolm mm -hmm. was saying if you start like cooking every everything from scratch and making your own um, cosmetics and stuff yeah then you need to have a lot of time to invest in mm -hmm. that yeah. and if you're working quite a lot to make a living then yeah it's a bit complicated yeah really and uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's connected. I think it's really important to make it easier. I thought about uh, the like vegan food revolution. At least that's I've noticed it here in Sweden. That mm -hmm. like four years ago there wasn't barely any vegan products, but now it's just there's so many Very options, well. and it makes it easier and uh, it's cheap as well. And because of that, people eat less meat. So maybe that's something for plastic. But then you still have the problem where you buy those in plastic bags. And it seems mm -hmm. hard to get around. And I mean, you could, I guess, make the argument that you don't need to have plastic bags for meat because you can just go to a butcher. Mm -hmm. But that's also not convenient for everyone. Yeah, not and everyone lives next to a butcher. Yeah, especially since they've been decreasing because of the uh, factory farm mentality of uh, meat production. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it also reminds me of one of my flatmates who uh, was really trying to be a vegan and stuff. But then he was always um, buying mangoes or like avocados mm -hmm. who yeah. traveled, you know, uh, yeah, yep. ha have the word away to come here. Mm. And I really don't want to criticize people who are trying to be vegan or like more environmental friendly. But yeah, I guess intentions do not suffice sometimes. Like you, I mean, yeah. We should really be careful about mm. yeah. all aspects. And I guess to highlight one of the skits from uh, Svenska Nyheter a couple of years back, where they was like, if you really want, care about the environment and having a zero impact, you should kill yourself. But that seems like a difficult way to live. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> true. Yeah. I, I, the best exhibition I've ever seen was in uh, on Victoria and Alberts, and uh, they detailed like food, and uh, they talked especially about this banana that traveled to eleven different countries before it re reached mm. Iceland, which was its last uh, uh, destination. Travel and stuff—it plays such a huge role, and um, that's why I always think like bigger state solutions. We might need to legislate something and not just focus on human impact uh, and personal consumption. That's true, that's true. But then, like we were discussing during the break, we do not only need like national legislations, but also like regional frameworks, because you mm -hmm. can have the best like comprehensive legislation. Then if on the upper level, this legislation can be circumvented, it might not be very effective. So yeah, yeah it's really a global effort. And it's also on who you place the responsibility, because we as consumers sure has a responsibility where to recycle things that we can recycle. But then you also have to look at the companies who produce these plastic things and they need to then have a responsibility to make products that or in containers that are easily recyclable so that we can minimize the waste we create. Because just looking on the consumer side or what we can do as individuals is probably not enough because it's like 
a systematic shift that needs to happen. Yeah, it's a huge issue. And uh, I think we're going to continue this discussion, but we need to have a short music break right now. Welcome to Studentradio 98.9. That was Sista Andetaget uh, by Nani Tauno. Plastic. We're still talking about it and it's still affecting our lives. And there is some alternatives because there is some research regarding alternative ways to produce plastic, right? Yeah, because me and my father at one point did a like short research, I guess, uh, on whether it would be more environmentally friendly to produce plastic from sugarcane waste uh, compared to um, oil. But in the grand scheme of things, it looks, of course, it's more renewable because we can regrow sugar canes. But the environmental impact of the plastic production is marginally affected by a change of raw materials. Yeah, Meaning I, we probably just need to look at ways to reduce our consumption. Yeah, and I'd imagine that it doesn't really matter if it's a, a sugar cane plastic bottle that's floating in the Atlantic instead of a oil <laughs> plastic bottle. Exactly, it's like, uh, yeah, it's yeah. plastic all the same, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, I guess we should also preface it with like, just because it's difficult for us as individuals to do something about it, doesn't mean that makes us without responsibility to yeah. do anything because yeah. we can still do something. But and uh, <laughs> we talked about that as well during the break that mm. we sound so negative and defeatist in a way. Mm. Um, but there are there are ways to do, reduce. You can uh, put pressure on. Yeah. Yeah, and talking about pressure, I feel like peer pressure is a big factor in like um, yeah. individual change. Mm. I don't know. I feel like. What has like helped me reduce my consumption or change my habits wasn't necessarily like laws or like reading about like plastic waste and stuff because I was kind of aware of that. Mm-hmm. But it's just like you know, seeing your friends um, changing their habits in their daily lives and like realizing that it's actually not that hard and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's a fun it's a fun paradox that the key to individual change is group action but it also encourages us and it makes us come together as groups to mm-hmm. yeah i mean just for normal enjoyment as well right? yeah i think it's so fun this is kind of related but like dumpster diving i have a huge respect for those people mm-hmm. um, i haven't really done it myself uh, but like just being the person that yeah i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna find this thing that we're gonna throw away and I'm going to use it and I'm not going to let it go to waste. Mm. I can really respect that. It's good that we do something because even I always think that individual action, it might not be the key to solve everything. Mm. But I mean, if we buy planet Earth, like if I buy planet Earth 15 more seconds or something, I think that's worth it uh, by my actions. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, it's also like you say, it's individual action, but then... um, also, you know, voting for parties that want more green policies mm-hmm. and then you s- sort of get the ball rolling. And it, it's really, mm. yeah, I think like we all understand at all levels in society, we can Mm-mm-mm-mm. do something that mm-hmm. affects it positively. Yeah, absolutely. And since I know you're like really interested in deliberations <laughs> and stuff, I guess like also trying to put these issues like at the fore of the agenda is mm-hmm. very important as well, like 
making sure that it's getting discussed and then making radio shows about <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> listening to radio shows <laughs> spread the word <laughs> absolutely exactly uh, yeah and that, that's a bit of a bright note actually and I kind of like that so we'll probably do a music break now and then wrap up this episode <laughs> Welcome to Studentradio 98.9. You are listening to Radio UF. That was Triptide and the song's name was um, Let It Go. And we have been talking about plastic and we've decided to make a pledge to swear off um, some plastic product that we use. So I'm going to start and say that I'm going to swear off plastic toothbrushes. So I think there's some really ones with like pig's hair as brushes. It might sound a bit gross, but I think sacrifices we'll have to make. All right, I'm ready to use solid shampoo and uh, cosmetics that I will make myself next time I run out of them. Right. But I'm kind of safe because I still have a few of them. So, <laughs> yeah, don't tell anyone. Well. I'm going to swear off plastic foil and finally buy or maybe uh, make myself during Easter the beeswax covered cloths alternatives mm-hmm. that I've been looking for um, online for a long time. Yeah, they're reusable as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't, I want to, I'm going to at least reduce my consumption of plastic bags. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that reason, I always nowadays carry around an extra, I think, cloth bag as well as, I guess, an old plastic bag yeah. that I can reuse. But my goal is also just to like not buy phones or computer parts that often. So for my yeah, phone cool. right now, I've had it since 2016. Reuse. Yeah. yeah so good. just keep using it. Exactly. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, we've been Radio UF and uh, I hope you have a pleasant, pleasant weekend. Have a good one. Goodbye. Yeah. Happy Easter. Happy <laughs> bye. Easter. Bye-bye. <laughs> Det här var en poddradioversion av ett program från Studentradio 98,9. Alla våra program hittar du på studentradion.com eller i vår mobilapplikation Studentradio 98,9. Att lyssna fritt är stort, att lyssna rätt är större.